right, if you Peter, the book of 1 Peter, um, we'll look at uh, chapter 3. And uh, so uh, I think um, this, I think this is the last one uh, on wives. I think uh, from here we'll, we, we'll look at some, some instructions to children. Um, and so um, I, think, I think beginning next week, but I could be wrong on that. But, um, but I do want to focus us tonight on 1 Peter chapter 3. And First um, Peter chapter three. We'll look at the first um, seven verses. Uh, first seven verses, and First uh, Peter chapter three, verses one through seven. First Peter chapter three, verses one through seven. First Peter chapter three, verses one through seven. All right. Um, and if you're physically able to do so, I, I, I do want you to. I would like to ask you to stand with me uh, one more time as we honor the reading of God's word. First um, Peter chapter three verse one says, "Likewise, you wives be subject, be in subjection to your own husbands, that in any that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the con- conversation of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of plating of the hair and wearing of gold." or of putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God, uh, of, uh, which is in the sight of God of uh, great price. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection to their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, as long as you do well and are not afraid with um, with any amazement, and likewise, you husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. All right, let's pray, Father. Um, my prayer is that as we uh, come to this text, that your your name would be would be glorified and honored, and and help us. We pray to deal with this text honestly and. And uh, appropriately, we pray for the sake of the gospel. We ask this uh, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you. You can be seated. So we come to a, an interesting section here in First Peter. If you know anything about Peter, First Peter, First Peter really deals with uh, the idea as Christians, as uh, Christians in exile, or Christians who who are living in uh, in, in and among the world. We are. Uh, Peter then goes through several different uh, ways that uh, we are to live in, in in this life for for the glory of God. And so he will deal with. He deals first and foremost, long before he gets to this passage. He's actually already dealt with several other issues. The first issue is that of, of the Christian's submission to Christ, and then he deals with uh, submission to, uh, to the kingdom and the, king, the authority of the kingdom in this world, living as kingdom citizens in this world. Then he deals with governing authorities um, and uh, then he deals with uh, the 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 last being then the the the, the roles of of husbands and wives. And I think it's interesting that Peter leaves this last for for a purpose um, because I I think as we look at um, as we look at at the teachings of Scripture across the board, what you and I find is that um, God ordained. Marriage, right? Heterosexual marriage is the foundation and the building blocks 
of a well-ordered and well-structured society. And I think I, I just don't think that, but I want to prove that to you, not, not just from this passage, but but from but but hopefully from some other passages, um, that that as we as we walk through this passage, we will give ourselves to the teaching of of Scripture and what Scripture says for the glory of of God. And I would say that this probably, if if a lot of people had a problem passage or a troubled passage. This, among, among with many others that, that we've dealt with, would probably be one of them, right? I mean, this is not a passage that gets a lot of airtime or playtime in our society today. Um, this and, and probably none of what uh, Brother Vince and I have preached on over the, the course of the last few months gets a lot of playtime, gets a lot of airtime because our society is so, um, it, it is so obsessed with itself. And unfortunately, I'm afraid that so many of our churches are obsessed with the culture and with society on a broader scale that they too have forgotten the importance of rightly ordered affections, both within marriage and within the church, within society in its broader context as well. And so I think it's important that you and I are molded in accordance to the word of God. It is imperative that we are shaped by the word. We are corrected by the word when we need to be corrected. We are molded, shaped, corrected, and any, anything else that you can place there. I think it deeply matters that we need to see one of the reasons why we have gone, gone taken so much time and painstakingly gone through this isn't because, isn't because I or, or Vince or anyone else is concerned that, that we have this wrong, but instead is the proper application of the teaching of Scripture to protect us from false teaching, right? Because, and I've shared this so many times with, with so many people, I feel like I'm just repeating myself, it, it appears that, that, uh, that it's wrong until... Like, like we, we can say something is not right or something is wrong until, until it's my son or until it's my daughter or until it's my grandson or it's until it's my granddaughter. And then all of a sudden, everything that we've said we were against all of a sudden becomes, well, maybe it's not quite as bad as we thought it was. And so we must guard our hearts and minds. We must guard ourselves. We must go- allow God's sovereign rule to, to, to guide us and to, to help us, to, to, to guard us, to uphold us, so that, so that we are not giving place to competing gods of the society. We can't allow the competing gods of our society to infiltrate the, the, the belief systems of our, of our local congregation or of any congregation. We must be careful we must be careful that, that, that we are submitting ourselves into the teaching of Scripture. And so what I want to do is I just want to say up front, that just, just right up front, that my prayer is and pleading is that, is that your heart and my heart, that our hearts would be molded and shaped. It would be, it would be brought into, uh, into unison with the clear teaching of God's Word. And that, that we would be in obedience to the teaching of Scripture. Because in the long run, what ends up happening when we hear the Word of God and when we obey the Word of God, when we, when we align to ourselves to the Word of God, do you know what happens? God blesses His people. God blesses His people when we 
when we are, are, are living and working and believing and f- allowing our lives to flow from the clear teaching of Scripture. And so we cannot allow patterns of sin or fear of man or idolatry or anything else that tends to seek to to engage us or to cause us to sort of walk around with a little bit on eggshells right on trepidation we must be careful that we we don't allow that to 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 guide us and instead we must be guided by God's word and so as we come to this text of scripture I, I think the I think the other thing I would remind you of is that there is a temptation There's a temptation within me, there's a temptation maybe within you, but I know within me that as I've said, at times it can be easy for us to look at everything else going on and want to back away or to maybe not even back away, but just sort of soft pedal just a little and and downplay everything that's going on. And so what what I want to show you is is, is the... uh, is, is the goodness of God's well-ordered pattern here and how it even plays into the gospel and how the gospel here, according to Peter, is, is adorned by, by, by his, his, his daughters living out for God's glory in their family lives and how the gospel is, 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 is sent out into the world through through sons and daughters and even through unbelieving husbands who ultimately are are redeemed by God through the pattern of faithful Christian living for the glory of God. And so we need to simply structure our 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 lives and our homes and our our belief systems in accordance with the word of God and not tempt not being tempted to to allow ourselves to be drawn into any any specific um, uh, falsehood and so we need to we need to hear the instruction of God's word we need to abide by the teaching of structure the instruction of God's word and so here in our text as we'll see I really think what Peter does is I think he does three different things um, in, in, in keeping with this he does three different things first he really does urge wives into humble submission in their in their obedience to Christ um, so that their husbands who are not believers can see and hear um, the, the gospel and and even those who even those who are not unbelieving husbands but are believing husbands they too will hear the the, the gospel and will, will be will be will be reminded of the gospel in the way that their wives live their lives and I think I think there's a second reality here and that is that is that he does warn he does warn as well as we'll see here uh, about not not just simply giving ourselves over to external beauty and 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 women not just to give yourselves over to 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 trying to be the latest and greatest but rather to give yourselves over to what it means to be truly beautiful um, and I think the other thing that he does is he calls Christian women to faith and not to fear. He calls Christian women to, to look to Christ and find their identity and their worth and their value in Christ. And that as a result, that they can, they can then live well-ordered, well-structured lives for the glory of God and for the advancement of the gospel. 
And so I, th- I think this is what Peter's going to do, and I, I want to show you that from our hopefully from our text, uh, from our text here. So let's 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 get into the text there, and let's let's look at verses one and two. And I think you'll see, as I said, the the first reality in which the first area in which Peter is speaking here to Christian ladies, it is simply this: he's urging Christian ladies to to humility and and to following Christ in a in a way that glorifies him so look what he says here in a in, in, in first Peter chapter 3 verses 1 and 2 he says likewise you wives be in subjection to your own husbands that if any obey not the word they also they also may without the word be won by the conversations that's the behavior right of your of the wives while they behold your chaste that's your pure conversation or your pure lifestyle coupled with now the king james says here fear but but the idea here is that of of respect right so so again uh, the, i think there's a there's a temptation here um, of 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 that that peter is very very uh, aware of and that is that um, and it's not just for wives, because he actually warns uh, he warns the uh, the Christians here uh, again within the broader context of of living in light of of the government in the in our civil authority as well as within the authority of Christ and the authority of the kingdom. So he warns he warns Christians all the while while he's going, and he's just applying this this down into its most basic uh, form, which is in the home, right? The the building blocks of of the home, and we need to understand that that Peter here is addressing the temptation to I really think to to subvert authority if we're not careful. And again, not just in the family unit, right, but also in, in every other unit of society. And he does this in the, in the idea of, of the, the, the home because, again, heterosexual, God-ordained marriage is the building blocks, I maintain is the building blocks of society, a well-ordered, well-governed society. And I think as we, as we think through this, we need to understand that generally scripture does teach um, generally four different spheres of authority within society. He, I think scripture recognizes obviously self. It obviously recognizes the home. It obviously recognizes the church and then the state. And these are the four spheres that, that Peter deals with here uh, in, in, in 1 Peter. And in each one of these spheres, God has appointed authority. And he has told us, right, that we are to be ruled, uh, whether it's in ourself by the Spirit, um, or uh, and, and that would go not just not just for ourselves, but in the in the whole of the of the governing uh, uh, realms. That the Spirit of God is the one who who is who is to is to be guiding and directing and teaching, and He is the one who is not to be resisted, uh, whether it be in our lives or our, our our husbands and wives' lives, our children's lives. I think the Scripture is very clear from every from every standpoint that God has ordained. Within a well-structured, well-governed society, good and right um, authority that 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 are that is to be followed and is to be is to be um, is to be exercised within with, with carefulness, and I, I think you see that even going all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Adam was responsible for caring for his wife, and what did he do when he had the at the moment at the very moment he 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 had he blew it. 
He didn't protect his wife. He didn't help her. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't uh, contradict the serpent's hiss. He, he didn't do any of that. What did he do? He just stood back and he stood aside and he said, well, let's see what she does. And then he says, well, I'll just eat some too. And so even from the beginning, we have struggled with this idea of authority. As, as, P, as, as Paul writes uh, in a different book, um, but building off the same idea, and it's, it's one that, that I'm sure by now you, you may be well acquainted with, but in Ephesians chapter 5, right, verses 22 and 23, listen to, listen to how Paul writes to the, to, the, um, to the families there. He says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as, as the key word, as to, or the key phrase, as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. You know, one one of the one of the things I got to do last night was to was to preside over a wedding. It was a beautiful wedding, and again, I think I said this in Sunday school, and I'll say this again. It was it was one of the most um, um, Christ-centered, Scripture-saturated marriage, uh, marriages that I've ever been able to preside over, and 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 it's funny because here we are, here here I am. Uh, standing before you know fifty people, sixty people, small group of people, right, s- seated all around, and uh, you know Glenn and Connie have asked me to simply say what the Bible says about marriage, and it's it's interesting because even in that moment, right, there's a temptation to say, well, you know, some of these people aren't believers, and and some of these people they they don't they don't follow the Word of God, so it would be easy to 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 sort of sort of dumb down uh, and not really deal with. With this but but no no they were insistent that we were clear about the teachings of scripture and, and there were there were people there whose lives certainly did not adhere to the to the scripture but yet uh, the scripture was brought to bear and Christ is Christ's call to a well-ordered well-structured marriage and society was put forth and and I think we need to constantly remind ourselves that our culture is at war within itself, and we we aren't we aren't held to the whims of the culture. We aren't held to the to the to the callings of our of our culture and to the to the to to this uh, uh, to this latest craze or that latest craze or this thing or that thing. The the truths that we hold to are timeless, because our God is timeless. And so, when brothers and sisters, men and women. We are called to exercise Christ-like leadership in every aspect of our, of our lives, uh, whether, that is in, whether that is in the home or in the place that God has placed us, uh, uh, in, in jobs or workplaces. Or, uh, God has placed us and called us to be faithful, to serve and to honor him there where he has placed us in submissive, joyful meekness to Christ. So that Christ is exalted, Christ is honored, Christ is glorified, and then we apply that to our specific to our specific lives, whether it be in our specific jobs, whether it be in our uh, specific society that we find ourselves, like we do in the United States or uh, in, in the state of Kentucky, the Commonwealth of Kentucky, or in the city of Independence and the ordinances and the lawful laws in, in which we've, under which we, we, we exist, right? We, we do that for the glory of God, but even more so down even into the realm of myself and my family. I am, I am, to, I am to exercise leadership 
in those areas, in all areas. Not just, not just men, but this is for Christian ladies too. Ladies, you're to exercise leadership in, 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 in obedience to Christ, right? Husbands are certainly not to be tyrants. They are certainly not called to wield power over their wives and manipulate them. But neither is the wife to manipulate the husband. And so this is, this is, I think, ultimately here what Peter is being very careful of when he says, listen, wives, you, you need to live in such a way that you adorn the gospel. Now, now, does he use that exact language? Well, not exactly, but he does in the sense that he says that your husbands, if they don't know Christ, can be won to Christ by the way you live your life. And I think, I think, Within this, I don't want to read into the text, but I think within this understanding here is, and that if they are believers, that they are encouraged to continue and to grow in their walk with Christ. Because if an unbelieving husband can be one with the purity of the life of the wife and the faith of the wife, how much more can a godly man be encouraged to lead well when his wife encourages him through the way she lives her life and so i think it's an important reality for us it is a great joy for us because wives truthfully honestly you ladies you wield an extraordinary amount of power in the home you wield an extraordinary amount of power in the home and God has called you to honor him in all ways. And, and really, 2 Peter, if, if I had to say 2 Peter 3 here serves as anything, let me say this. I think this is actually can be, can be a perfect commentary on Proverbs 31. Because Proverbs 31 introduces us to the woman, and she's busy, and she's doing all this stuff. But ultimately, Proverbs 30, or 1 Peter 3 is literally just a boiling down of the Proverbs 31 woman and saying, look, this, if, this, is, this, is, this is what you're being called to. Wives, women, ladies of God, right? Um, we're called to, to honor and to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. But specifically, he does apply this to unbelieving husbands. He anticipates that there are going to be women in the congregation that he's writing to here that, that their husbands are unbelieving, not because they married unbelievers as believers, that's actually forbidden in Scripture, but because the lady, these, these ladies have been won to Christ, have come to faith, have come to faith in Christ, while after, uh, as uh, they, both of them were unbelievers, they, the ladies heard the gospel, they repented and turned to Christ, and as a result now, they are in a mismatched marriage, so to speak. One being a believer, the other being a non-believer. And I think that for so many, um, and I've seen this in, in, in my pastoral counseling, I've seen this in a lot of different ways, um, so so much of 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 marriage uh, particularly bad marriages is is a disordering of the affections so that one is trying to browbeat the other and trying to beat them into doing what they need to be doing or doing what the other spouse thinks they should be doing and in reality what that comes out to being is just a horrific tragic mess and it is interesting i think that 
um, Saint, um, Saint Augustine, Saint Augustine, he, he talks about, he, he actually, uh, in his writings on this passage, he actually deals with and praises his own mother, Monica, even though he was an unbeliever for many, many years of his life. He actually praises his own, mo- his own mother, Monica, for her faithful and quiet, humble submission, even to, her, even to her own husband who was not a believer, but who became a believer at the end of his life because of her witness. And I think that's important for us to remember that, that wives, again, you, you wield great, great power, not just over your husbands, but over your families as you live for the glory of God and that you live in the, in, in, out in, in, in this life for the honor of God and for the praise of the glory of Jesus Christ. Because I think sin ultimately does tell us to try to win people by, at times, by becoming fresh, we become frustrated in trying to see them come to faith in Christ, and so we get frustrated, and then that leads us to all kinds of bad choices and decisions, and then it just leads to all kinds of even more problems. But here, Peter tells us that if the wife, the believing wife, is going to win her husband, she needs to take the authority of Scripture serious, and she lives a life that honors Christ and, and is, is, is one of great humility before, before the Lord Jesus Christ. But then there's a second reality here. I, I think that, that Peter, is, is very, um, Peter is very sensitive to, and that, that's found here in verses 3 and 4. Let's, let's see what the text says here. Now, now, listen to what he says, because this is a warning. It sort of comes as a warning here, doesn't it? It says, whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair and of wearing of gold and of putting on the apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God a great price. Now, I think there is, uh, in, in this, there is a call, not just, as, as I've said, not just in humility, right? We've, we've already talked about that, but, but, but there's also, I think, a warning against, uh, against obs- obsessing uh, about your outward appearance. Now, does it matter that you, you look beautiful, ladies? Well, that's for you and your husband to decide. That's, that, but, but yes, the, 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 the issue is, though, that the, the, we're not looking, we're not to look at the outward appearance, though, right? Because the most beautiful woman that, Christ, that God says, the most beautiful woman is a woman who, is, who, who cares for her soul. It doesn't matter what she looks like, right? Like, like uh, the Pro, uh, Proverbs tells us very clearly, right? Like charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But the, but the lasting reality, Peter reminds us here, is, is not about her external beauty or her external realities, but, but instead is, is the truth of, of the care for her soul and the beauty and the, beauty and the, 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 the care that she has taken to watch over her soul. And it, it is interesting here um, that he lists a number of things, right? Like he says, look, he says, I know... Uh, that uh, that you're worried about a, a bunch of different things and 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 so in this he he gives a warning he says look he says uh, and of course he's not saying that it's wrong to 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 you know want to want to be beautiful or make yourself you know dress nice or, or do any of these things but instead what he's what he's focused on here is look don't be so caught up in trying to make yourself beautiful on the outside 
that you forget that it's not about how beautiful you are on the outside. It's about who you are internally as a daughter of King Jesus, adorning your life and your soul with the, with the gospel so that, so that your husband sees your beauty and he, he, is, he is in awe of what Christ has done in your life. And that's why he goes on, and like I said, and he warns, he says, he says, who's adorning, let it not be, so don't let it be, uh, in outward adorning. Uh, by the way, um, this, this idea here is uh, 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 adorning, meaning to, to put, put in order, to, to, um, to, to make sure that it's all in order. Matter of fact, if, if I remember this correctly, um, I, don't, I forgot to put it in my notes, but if I remember this correctly in my study, this word actually um, is the word from which we we we, we uh, have the word cosmetics, and so the the idea here is that um, don't let your 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 cosmetics be just external. It needs to be internal. There needs to be a, a beautiful adornment on your internal life, not just your external life. And so. Um, he, he calls us to, to, ladies, he calls you to understand that you are to adorn your life, um, to enhance it, to embellish it, to adorn it as a treasure, right? To protect it, to value it, uh, to, to, to uh, not to worship it, but to, but to follow through with seeing it as for what it is, is that your heart matters, your soul matters, and make sure that in, in everything else that you're doing, in the, in the makeup and the everything else, Make sure that, that, that you don't forget about adorning your soul. That's far more important. It's far more important. If, we're going to win our, if you're going to win husbands uh, for, the, for the gospel and encourage your husband in the gospel, right? We, this is what matters. Um, because I, I think sin really does tell you to trade in physical beauty. Or, I'm sorry, trade in internal beauty for external beauty, right? Um, I mean, we have, uh, we have tons and tons and tons, and it's only gotten worse over the years, of, 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 of society telling women what, it, what beauty looks like and, and what she should do and how she should, you know, starve herself and do this and do that and, and how she should, should, should look externally. But God says, listen, God has given us our external beauty, our, our physical beauty, but, but, what matters is our internal soul work. It's our internal soul work. We are not to sell out our souls. Ladies, you are not to sell out your souls. He is actually giving, he, he is not giving them a, an absolute prohibition against physical beauty, okay? So I want to I make sure that that's clear. He's not saying, hey, ladies, you know, you can go around and just be frumpy. This is not what Peter is saying here, right? He's not saying it doesn't matter. But he is saying that in the, in the force of the text, the contrast is between the, where the ladies, where our sisters put, you put your emphasis on. And Peter is very clear. You need to place the emphasis on your souls and on adorning your souls for the sake of the of the beauty of the uh, for the sake of the gospel in all things and for the sake of the worship of God because listen the world will tell you and I don't think I need to tell you and it doesn't matter and this is the crazy thing it doesn't matter how young or how old you are society will constantly tell you like I like I don't we don't watch commercials anymore because we have you know basically we have uh, uh, you know 
the different apps and whatever, and they don't, you know, typically don't have commercials. Um, uh, the last time I saw a commercial, well, anyways, I, I don't want to get off on that. But anyways, the, the reality is, is that um, you see these commercials and like, you know, these are supposed to be like 80 and 90 year old women and all they look like they're 40. And it's like, it's like, how can you achieve that? Well, the reality is you can't. But that's what the world's telling you you can. Sure, like, you, know, you can be 80 and look 40. 80 is the new 40, right? We all know that's silly. We all know that's silly. But, but Paul, Peter is telling, telling, the, telling our sisters, telling you sisters in Christ, that, that, that you, you need to not listen to your flesh. You do not need to think that you need to measure your beauty by how externally attractive you are, right? And, and so God is calling us. God is calling us without putting, a, putting out a, a prohibition against beauty, right? Beauty is good, right? I mean, Peter, uh, the preacher says in Ecclesiastes 3 that beauty is good, right? But we all know that youth fades and beauty fades. But God is the one who adorns our souls as we give ourselves to him. The, the, the body will fade and will become old and will have cracks and crevices and places where it never where you never saw them before and stretch marks and and all kinds of things and I don't need to tell you that so I'm not going to labor that point but I'm just going to say that it doesn't matter how beautiful you are externally what matters is what Peter is preaching to you sisters is don't trust in the external things that are fleeting if you try to grasp onto it, you're going to, it's a cold and, 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 and very selfish God that will leave you out in the cold. Your body is meant to, to, to honor the Lord. Your soul is meant to honor the Lord. And so we remind ourselves that Christ is, is the, the one that we live for and we love and we serve. And yes, in our society, so, so let me say this real quick. So in our society, Right, because it seems like we're lost in, in two different worlds, right? And one, one part of society says, you know, women should do this. The other part of society says, what is a woman? Um, and, and so um, I, I literally saw, and I wish I was joking, but I literally saw a, a quote-unquote woman um, who, uh, and I'm not joking, I wish I was. I thought it was a joke at first, but I looked it up. Uh, their preferred pronouns were fee, fi, fo, and fum. This was not a woman, by the way just so you are aware. But our society is left with, what is a woman? And it's saying, well, it doesn't, you know, like, like we, we don't even know, but God has ordered all of this in accordance with his word and in accordance with his, his glorious, uh, his glorious uh, truth. And he has told us what, what it looks like for you to adorn yourselves, sisters, with, with the fear of the Lord and with honor. And I think that leads us then into, into understanding something else that Peter does here in 1 Peter 3. And that is, that is a fear, a fear of being different, um, a fear, a temptation, I think, a fear of, 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 of the fear of man. And, and here's what I mean by that. Look with me here in verse, verse, um, um, verse 5, in 1 Peter 3, uh, 3 5. For after this manner, in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection to their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, as long as you do well and are not afraid with 
any amazement. Do you notice what Peter says there? As long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement. What, what is it that women have to be, to, that Peter is warning the ladies about and encouraging them not to be afraid of? Well, ultimately, sin tells you, my sisters, to be afraid of, 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 of what it looks like to be in a well-structured, well-ordered home, relationships, all sorts of things. Like if I had a, 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 a dollar for the people either I'm related to or I know ladies who are constantly making bad decisions toward their relationships, my goodness, I, w- I, would, I would literally be a very rich man. But God says that ladies are called, if you are daughters of King Jesus, daughters of the King, you are called to adorn yourselves and to live not in fear, not in fear of of that this makes you look strange, not in fear that this makes you look weak, not in fear that this makes you look dumb, not in fear that this makes you look like you're living in a bygone history of time or an age of, uh, an age of, of, of time. No, 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 no. We are to hope in the Lord. We are to adorn ourselves in Christ. We are called not to give in to the flesh and what the flesh may tell us to do, but instead, what is it that Christ is calling us to do? Because let's be honest, there is not a single one of us who isn't who is not afraid to say, "I want to be at the at the beck and call of another." And it's it's a very scary place to be at times to give ourselves away, right? To nurture the invisible rather than the rather than the visible, right? Uh, to give myself away even to Christ. You'd say, "Well, I'm not afraid to give myself away to Christ." Oh yeah, well, what if He asks you to do and submit to His word in a way that that you're uncomfortable with? Are you scared then? I think most of us would say, well, sure, absolutely. Like, uh, but, but yet that's to misunderstand that we are slaves of Christ. We are slaves of Christ. We're not, we, don't, we don't get to say yes or no. Right? Like if, if the Lord tells us to do something, we don't get to say yes or no. And the reality is, is that so often our, our, our society says, do what feels right, do what feels good, do what is good for you, make yourself feel good, make yourself do, do what, is, what is helpful for you, right? But sisters, let, let me say this, if you give in to that fear, if you give in to the fear of trusting, of, 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 uh, if you give in to the fear of not trusting the Lord, if you give in to the fear of not trusting God, we, we will find ourselves in places like, like this morning, like when I was preaching uh, on David's fall in 2 Samuel 11. We will find our places, ourselves in places we do not want to go. And so what is it that God would have you to do? Choose faith over fear. Trust God's strength, not your own. Trust that his plan is best and good. Trust that and I know, I know we're Baptists, so forgive me for making this uh, illustration, but trust, or maybe I could just clarify. So let me say it the first way, and then I'll clarify it to make a Baptist version of it. But crushed grapes make great wine, or as we would say, crushed grapes make great grape juice, right? And, and so sown seeds bear more. Remember, my sisters, that God's instruction for you is not just to simply do this, right? Because it's easy for us as Christians to say, well, I've got to do this. No, what you need to do is rest in Christ and trust Christ. That's what you need to do. You need to rest in Christ and trust in Christ, that trust that what he has said is better, a billion-fold better than what I 
could want and what I could desire and what I could long for. Live your lives in such a way, my sisters, that, that we are respectful to Christ in every, as, in every aspect of our lives. In our, to our civil government, to, our, to, our, to, to the King Jesus, to the kingdom authorities placed over us. And also in our family lives, that Christ is glorified. Let your, let your hearts be found in, and, 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 long, and your longing fulfilled in Christ. Let your hopes, your strength, your glories, your beauty, and your body find satisfaction in living as living sacrifices to God. As, Peter, as Paul tells us in, in Romans chapter 12, that we're called to, to live as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God. Adorn your heart, adorn your soul, adorn your mind, adorn everything about you with satisfaction in Christ. His promises, my sisters, ultimately stand. His promises are good. His promises are right. His promises will never fail you. And so let us adorn ourselves in right and good ways that Christ may be glorified, Christ may be honored, Christ may be praised, Christ may use us to, to speed the gospel along. Let us do that for the glory of God. And let's pray together. Father, Tonight, I pray that you would help us as your people to submit to the word and submit to Christ, to, to follow after you, to not, um, not try to insist on our own ways in doing things and in living life, but in every aspect of our life and uh, in every aspect of, of what we are called to do, that Christ may be glorified and honored. So help us. Help us to give ourselves away. Help us to live as living sacrifices to Christ. Father, we ask for your help and your aid. May we live in faith and not fear. And may we do this for your glory. And we pray this in Jesus' name.